Hey there, and uh, we're glad you're here at our Welcome to Wrexham channel. This is a recap of Season 1, Episode 2 of Welcome to Wrexham. The episode title is Reality, as in reality sets in. And in this episode, Ryan and Rob are going to have to authorize mass firings because of some things that happen. In Episode 1 of Welcome to Wrexham, and be sure and check out our podcast on that, we see them... Uh, pitching to make the purchase and getting approved and a few other things. In the second episode, it's we see a, a few critical things happening. First, the team is facing a match that will determine if they make it into the playoffs. And those playoffs are all important because they can get you promoted into the next tier up. And even though they would still be in the National League, they would at least be in tier four. Also, we're going to see Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney finally meeting in person after being social media friends and then buying a club together before meeting each other, which is weird. But the season-ending game is such a big deal. A A disappointing outcome results in a lot of big changes at the club, which of course include firings. So as we start the episode, it's really funny. Rob and Ryan are taping promos and one of their promos is for the uh the local tractor company that's there it's a uh, e4 williams trailers <laughs> and both the guys do ads for it which um because they were the official team sponsor of the Wrexham red dragons and so both the guys do that which is funny because you can't imagine this little welsh tractor company could afford to hire you know either ryan or rob to do promos for them so that's kind of fun also we start out with in a makeup room where rob and ryan are going to film some promos for the show but that's also the first time that they meet each other in person they hug and they they laugh about their height difference you know ryan's taller and then he's teasing rob about him being in lifts and it's just very funny they also bring in a welsh translator and Knowing Ryan Reynolds' sense of humor, as so many of you probably do, you know, I'm sure that they scripted these lines because they're very funny. She's mistranslating what they say. One of the things that she says is neither of these men has ever fulfilled their wives sexually and that they will die alone in their mansions. So it's pretty funny. The whole the whole thing is funny. And that's a nice offset to because by the end of the episodes, we've got a mass layoff at the club over in Wales. So th- this this episode really takes you through a gamut and it runs a span of time. Over in Wales, we're going to see Spencer Harris, the volunteer Wrexham club director, telling the, the staff that the takeover is not going to affect their jobs, but he knows they're nervous because as with any business, you've probably been in a business that got taken over or something like that and they always fire people that's just what happens but most of the people have been at the football club for a long time a lot of the people that actually work for the red dragons are volunteers so there's more on that as the season rocks on and and how the the new owners do nice things for the volunteers and take it from volunteer into a paid position which is great because they've been devoted to the team but they feel they should be rewarded so then we've got Humphrey Kerr. He's the, the writer on Rob's show, Mythic Quest, that we met in episode one. He's, he's British, he's a UK football nut, and he's the one who kind of brought this situation in front of Rob, who then brought in Ryan. So Humphrey is over there to be their front man in Wales. Rob laughingly says that Humphrey knows F all, 
about running a football club, which is true, but he's not going to be running the club. What his role is going to be as a, a conduit where he lets Rob and Ryan know what the club needs. And then he lets the club know what Rob and Ryan are doing and what they want. So he's kind of a facilitator. He's not going to be managing players or anything. They also bring in Sean Harvey to advise the board. And Sean Harvey, while most Americans won't know his name, he was the CEO of UK football, of the, the whole schlemiel. So he's got this deep history in managing football clubs at the premier level, at the top level. So he's, he's a, good, a good get for them, and he's a good advisor for them, and they bring him in. He, Sean Harvey called it a moment of weakness when he agreed to come in until they find a permanent CEO. One of the things that you'll see later in the season that Ryan Reynolds talks about was about is Rob McElhaney's dogged pursuit of getting what he wants, that he will not let you off the phone until he has gotten you to agree. So in a lot of ways, it seems like he wore these people down. That's my guess based on things that were said later in the season. So all the Rex and players are together and Humphrey Kerr as the rep of Rob and Ryan comes in to talk to them and introduce themselves. He says he feels like a real dork because he's always idolized football players and he's more of a bookish guy himself. He's going to be the executive director. That's going to be his title at, at the Wrexham team. And he tells the players his background as a TV show writer. He tells them he won't be messing with anything that's happening on the field. And he's just going to be this conduit. When he walks out of the meeting, the players, we, we see the players laughing. It's not clear if they're laughing because they're nervous or laughing behind his back, but it's, it's kind of edited to where it looks like, haha, they're laughing at him. And then we see two of the players, Paul Rutherford and Jordan Davies, offering tours of their them at home. Paul Rutherford is redoing his house to make room for his kids, and his family's expanding, and he's just kind of showing the work he's doing. So this is not somebody with the money just to hire contractors to come in. This is a guy who's hands-on doing it. Just as a side note, uh, six months after the takeover, he left Wrexham and he's now playing forward for Bala Town, which is a semi-professional league. So he is not going to be on season two and he's not in the games featured this season. But he says on Welcome to Wrexham that he's 33 and he's been playing pro football for 16 years. So he's been playing since he was, what is that, 17? He started playing at age five and he calls himself an elder statesman. And that is true because as with any pro sport, the older you get, you know, it's just harder to play. So it's kind of interesting. There's still some Rexham players now that are that are older, and we'll talk about that that later. Jordan Davies is a midfielder, and we see him with his mom, and she's showing off clips of him when he was little. He grew up in Wrexham, and so she shows a picture of him in his little Wrexham jersey when he was a kid because he used to grow up going to the games. And as a side note, Jordan Davies is still on the team. He inked a new deal that will keep him playing on the race course pitch through the end of the 2024 to 2025 season. So we've got the rest of this season and then next season that he'll still be playing. He calls Wrexham my club, my town. He grew up going to the games. He's excited about what the new owners are going to do for the team, and he calls the the Red Dragons a sleeping giant. He's very invested because this is his hometown and the team he grew up rooting for. So it's a big deal. Then we take a look at some of the management of the team, and they're going to be involved in this big transition we see in this episode. One is Dean Keats. He, in season one, episode two, he's the current manager of Wrexham AFC. Back in the day, he once played for them. So he was a player who then turned into a manager. 
his contract and many of the players' contracts are coming up at the end of the season. So to help you understand this, because if you watch this show now, or even if you watched it when it first came out, the timeline, of course, you're watching it in is not the timeline they filmed it in. So Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney's purchase was approved in November of 2020. Then it was February 2021, so three months later, when they actually started running the club. So the Hollywood takeover hits within the season that ran from August through May of 2020 through May of 2021. Manager Keats talks about on Welcome directs him that there's probably going to be changes ahead as contracts expire, and he knows that one of his contracts is is important. The show skips around, and so the timeline is, they'll put up dates every now and then, but they also go forward and backwards in time. So it's it's important to understand that. So when they did not make the playoffs in May of 2021, he was fired. But they knew going into this, they were going to need some big changes. Many of the locals don't like the manager. They don't like Dean Keats. They don't like the guy who's the volunteer director of the club. They complain about him a lot in the episodes. Many of them think that all the management needs to go. They want a fresh start. They talk about that there's almost a sense of defeat even before a match begins, but Coach Keats says he believes in the team. And then we do see a win, Wrexham over Wheelstone, which was February of 2021. So that was exciting that they won. And then there's a jump, but there's still this big jump in time between episode one and two. Their advisor, Sean Harvey, talks about that if they don't make the playoffs, Keats will definitely be fired. Richard Williams is a reporter that covers the club, and, and we see him talking to the temporary advisor slash temporary CEO, Sean Harvey, about hopes for promotion. And Humphrey Kerr talks about how it's hard that they're coming in mid-season and he's got orders to sack certain people. And then they'll show us the definition of sacking. It's a firing. It looks like there were some firings that we might not have even known about that had already happened. And so Humphrey's got to deal with this as their representative. And, you know, that's never fun having to, to fire people. So back in LA, we see Humphrey Kerr postseason at Rob McElhaney's house talking about how the players and locals talk about, and he knows a lot of players are worried about what's going to happen to them. Then we go back to Wrexham, and it's the final match of the 2020-2021 season, and they're playing Dagenham and Redbridge. Yes, that's one team, Dagenham. Ampersand Redbridge, um, shortened to Dagen Red. That game was May 29th, 2021. It was the season ender. A win in that game would have sent the Dragons to the playoffs with hopes of promotion. So it was very important. And it was just a crucial match. We see Rob and his son Axel watching from the U.S. And the players hit the pitch, the local pub, the turf is packed. And a corner shot's missed at halftime, which is 45 minutes in then it's it's nil-nil, which means zero-zero. If you don't know that much about UK football, it is very, a lot more regimented and sticks to a lot stricter time structure. You know, you go into watching like a US football game and it's just, you know, hours of your life and you don't know how long it's going to last. Well, in a UK football match, it's 90 minutes. There's 45 minutes in each half. The first half is called halftime. And when you finish your 90 minutes, that's called full time. There's a 15 minute intermission. But what they do have uh, that's interesting, because mostly if you've watched UK football, unless somebody's fouled or the ball goes out, the play is nonstop. These, these guys are just moving, moving, moving. So 
But when someone goes down and there's a foul or somebody's hurt or the game stops for any reason, the refs keep track of that. So at the end of the 45 minutes, they put up this little sign and they tell, they tell you how much stoppage time there is. And stoppage is literally how much time they wasted that should have been on the clock. So the least I've ever seen in a match of stoppage time was like two minutes. The most I've seen is like nine or 10. It just depends if, if people are just getting knocked around. And sometimes when you watch these matches, somebody will get barely tapped, but they'll go down and they'll make a big deal out of it, hoping to get a penalty kick or something, you know, or a car, a yellow card or a red card on somebody. So sometimes it's, and even the commentators in UK football are funny because they'll talk about the theatricality. So so that, that's kind of funny. But um, so going into halftime, 45 minutes in, plus that little bit of stoppage, it's nil-nil. So zero-zero. In the locker room, Keats is telling everybody, just calm down and play. This is Wrexham's, you know, 13th season at the bottom of this football barrel. Then Dag and Red score a goal five minutes into the second half. So that takes it to Wrexham zero, Dag and Red one. Then Rutherford gets a red card. And if you don't know about UK football, so there's two kind of cards you get. There's a yellow card and a red card. A yellow card means that you did something to another player you shouldn't have done. You tripped them. You put a hand in their face. You can shirt somebody. Sometimes you'll just, the other team will get like a penalty kick or something like that. Other times, if what you've done is egregious, then you get a yellow card. And um, too many yellow cards will send you out of a game. If something is particularly aggressive and egregious, you get a red card, which means you are out of the game. You are ejected. You have to leave, walk through the tunnel, go to the locker room, and just piss off for the rest of the game. Coaches, managers on the sidelines can also get yellow carded and red carded, which I've seen happen, which is a lot of fun. So Rutherford gets a red card and he's furious. He's in the locker room. He is screaming profanities. He is distraught because this is an all-important game and he's out of it. Back on the pitch, Wrexham scores a goal. So they're tied. At full time, the match ends in a tie. You know, you might think, okay, that's not bad. They were in this playoff game and they tied. So would they still get to keep playing? In a lot of, you know, in American sports, things generally don't end in a tie. They push it into overtime and they keep playing until there's a score. In UK football, the way scoring works on a league table is if you lose a game, you get no points. If you tie a game, each team gets one point. If you win the game, the winning team gets three points. So ties are not great, especially when there's that margin. So the bottom line is that was not enough to push them up into the playoffs. So that tie, even though it wasn't a loss, it was a loss of their playoff hopes. So that's one point that cost them, you know, that the playoffs. It just wasn't enough. So uh, we see Rob McElhaney all down in the dumps because they're out of the playoffs um, because of that one match. They were only one point out of it. If they had won, they'd have had three points and they would have been up by two and would have been in the playoffs. Ryan calls and they talk about how much they hate losing and their big goal is to lose less next season. You know, Ryan talks about them rebuilding. Back in the the locker room, Keats is trying to tell the players they did a good job and everything, but Rutherford is distraught because he was red carded out and he couldn't help the team try and get another goal. At this point, he's crying. The other guys are consoling him and they all know this is a big deal they're all crushed and they know that contracts are not going to be renewed heads are going to roll Keith tells them that he doesn't know what's going to happen next 
back in, in LA, you know, Ryan talks about how they need to get the, the F out of this league. And if the team doesn't get promoted, then it's their fault. Uh, Sean Harvey, who's their advisor to the board, says this loss definitely means they need a new coach. So this loss was on May 29th, 2021. The next day on May 30th, Dean Keats and his staff are fired. We see that little note on episode two. Ryan Reynolds talks about that it's it's hard to let people go because he knows these people are playing for their lives. You know, this is not a game. This is their career. It's their livelihood, and it's hard. But they, they have to have higher higher tier talent, for lack of a better word. You know, don't want to be offensive. Obviously, these guys are playing their hearts out, but they, they're going to have to bring in new players. And we also find out that on the same day that the coaching staff were let go, Rutherford, the guy who got red carded, was let go along with 10 other players. That's 11 players let go in one day. If you're curious what percentage of the team that is, currently Wrexham's roster is 34 players deep. Presuming it was about the same, you know, 30 to 34 players, that's 11. That's one third of the staff cut, one third of the the players cut plus the coaching staff. So it's time to rebuild and we're going to see more of the pruning and the growth process as the uh, FX series continues. Thanks for listening to our Welcome to Wrexham recap of season one, episode two, Reality.